0: It all began when 24-year-old Shannon Gilbert, a sex worker, disappeared from Oak Beach, Long Island.
1: What's your emergency? She is saying they were trying to kill me. Girl, screaming, help me, help me, help me.
2: Shannon was terrified out of her mind.
1: The beautiful beaches of Long Island, New York, have become the
0: latest backdrop in a murder mystery. The search for Shannon took a horrific turn after investigators made a grisly discovery in the thick bramble off Ocean Parkway near Gilgo Beach.
3: We found another set of remains, a third set of remains, and a fourth set of remains.
0: They became known as the Gilgo Four. Women all in their 20s and all advertised as escorts on Craigslist.
1: Suffolk County Police are looking for what they believe is a serial killer.
0: We've got to find her and we're going to find out who hurt Shannon and all the others. It has to be somebody who's pretty familiar with the area. Predator could possibly be living amongst us.
4: I got a phone call. I got him to tell me who she was and where she was. No one has any proof of that.
1: We're looking for someone who is sophisticated particularly someone who is cognizant of law enforcement techniques.
0: Grim Tide follows the decade-long search for a serial killer.
2: We know we're close, and we think it's only a matter of time.
0: I'm Laura Engel, and this is Grim Tide. In the pre-dawn darkness of May 1st, 2010, not far from where I'm standing, Shannon Gilbert frantically scrambled for her life, knocking on doors, pleading with whomever would answer to save her from an attacker she wouldn't identify. She eventually arrived on the porch of Gus Coletti. He offered safe harbor, but Shannon bolted from the porch, disappearing into the darkness, never to be seen again. The search for her led to a series of grim discoveries that no one could have imagined. Before May 1st, 2010, the gated neighborhood of Oak Beach was just a quiet enclave along the peaceful shores of Long Island.
3: This is some of the treasures of Suffolk County. It's really a beautiful area.
1: It's a quiet area. I mean, if you go out there, it's an isolated
3: community. The community was extremely vigilant about who was coming in and coming out. As soon as any stranger comes, everybody comes to know about it right away.
0: So it was an unlikely setting for the opening chapter of a horror story. But that is exactly what it became.
5: My name is Alex Diaz. I'm from Jersey City, New Jersey, and we're here today to talk about Shannon Gilbert. She was my girlfriend.
0: Shannon and Alex met on the job, but it wasn't your storybook office romance. Shannon was a sex worker, and Alex was her driver.
5: I saw past her profession that she was doing, so I was like, you know what? Like I got, I didn't even care what she was doing. I felt like I liked being around her, and that she was just like, I liked talking to her. She was smart, you know. She was cool, you know. But then sometimes, you know, she suffered from bipolar. And that would again sometimes when uh, we start issues.
3: He busted her jaw. She had a plate in her jaw from him breaking her jaw one night.
0: John Ray is the attorney for the Gilbert family and has spent the last decade working for them on Shannon's disappearance. That
3: the killer still lurks. Diaz was, uh, you know, a boyfriend. She lived there with him in Jersey City. Uh, but the relationship he had with her was um, testy, to say the least.
5: We'll get mad at each other. She'll hit me. I hit her back. And, you know, it worked both ways. Double standing. I hit her. Since I hit her, she'll hit me.
0: Alex claims the violence was fueled by their line of work, but he believed it would come to an end.
5: I knew that eventually she was going to get out. Once well, she got out, and she got the job, and a uh, regular job, and I would have been. Working my regular job, also we would have been just you know living together and then eventually start a family and then uh, just live normal. That was the plan.
4: She was very funny. She was you know cool people like she was fun to be around all the time. She loved to sing. I love being around and she, she always had fun with everybody. Give her a
2: kissy. My sister sang from like the time that she was like five, six to you know, up until the day she went missing. She loved singing. When she was younger, her idol was Mariah Carey, you know, and her voice was like like an R&B kind of voice. She really worked hard on it. She knew that it wasn't something that she wanted to do. She really didn't want to stay in the business. She was, you know, enrolled in college. She was doing an online college.
5: Even the last day that she was working, like in the last month, she was trying to she was trying to earn she was earning the money. She could get out and get a regular job.
0: That never happened. From the Fox News Podcasts Network. Stay on top of the latest news and information from Fox News. Listen and download the Fox News hourly update on your time.
5: The trending stories you need anytime you want it. Listen and download now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com.
0: Alex remembers the last time they spoke.
5: She called me. she goes, hey, I'm over here and uh, I'm doing this last call. I'm in Long Island. I'll be back after I'm done. I'll see you soon. I love you. So something occurred between that one in the morning and four. I was around that area. That's like the time frame where all this chaos started. Something went wrong
3: there. I spoke to Alex uh, when I first came into the case. I spoke to him at length. She was with Alex that day and she went to just do her normal work. And he, he was her escort uh, for her work when she worked in New Jersey as a sex worker. But there she got busted in a ring uh, that got busted And she didn't want to go back to New Jersey. That's why she was working in Manhattan. Shannon left her Jersey City apartment, went to Manhattan, and met up with her driver, her escort, uh, which would, by former days, would have been called the pimp. Mm -hmm. And his name was Michael Pack. Suddenly, a call came in around midnight from Brewer, out in Oak Beach, Joseph Brewer, uh, for Shannon services.
0: To who? To Pac or to Shannon do you know?
3: We're not sure uh, who the call came into, and we're not sure why it came in at all. And therein lies another big part of this mystery. But any event, the event occurs. She goes to Oak Beach.
0: 60 miles east and more than an hour's drive from Manhattan.
3: We know that they arrived somewhere between 12 and 2.30 or so in the early morning hours of May 1st a Saturday.
2: Brewer let them in, and they proceeded um, to his home where Brewer lived alone.
0: Christina Corbin has been covering Shannon's disappearance as an investigative reporter since 2010.
2: And Shannon went in to spend time with him while Michael Pack sat in the car outside. And at some point in the evening or early morning hours, rather, for reasons we still don't know, Shannon was terrified out of her mind. She thought her life was in danger, and she made a phone call to 911. 911,
1: what's your emergency? We were sort of dumbfounded at what happened to Shannon. Right? Jerry
0: so- McCarthy, now retired, was one of the lead investigators on Shannon's case. The police have never released the call to the public because it is an ongoing investigation. He is one of a handful of people who have heard Shannon's 911
1: call. At this time, you know, you could hear uh, Mr. Brewer and he's trying to get her to leave. And Mr. Pack enters the scene and they're trying to get her to leave. She is saying that they were try- they were trying to kill me or something. But... To me, there was none of that trying to, A, even interfere with her phone call. They know she's on the phone. And they're kind of at times laughing, at kind times of saying, come on, hang up the phone, let's go. They try to maybe remove her from the doorway, at which point she runs. And then she goes, you can hear her, and she runs, and she knocks
4: on Mr. Cardi's door. All of a sudden, I hear bang-bang on my door, front door here. And there's a girl screaming, help me, help me, help me.
0: Gus Coletti, a resident of Oak Beach, was startled by the screams of Shannon on his front porch. Craig Rivera, at the time a senior correspondent for Geraldo at Large, interviewed Gus shortly after Shannon
4: went missing. So I came out, I opened the door and she stepped in and she just kept staring at me and I kept saying, what's the matter? What's your problem? And I picked up the phone and I dialed 911 and called the police and uh Soon as I called the police, I said, I call the police. They'll be here in a little while. She t- opened the door and started running down the stairs. She got halfway down and she fell the rest of the way down. I came out here with the phone we were at now on the deck. And she got into the middle of the road and then she started screaming again. And she ran around this way and hid underneath the boat over there. When I looked back this way, I saw a car coming down. and It would stop it. And I ran down and I stopped them. And I said to them, where do you think you're going? He says, well, I'm looking for a young girl. He says, we were having a party at Brewer's house. And she got upset and left. And he said, I'm trying to find her to bring her back. With that, she bolted out from under the car and ran past that house over there and around that road and down that way. And that was the last they've seen of her.
5: I walked up. She wasn't home. I called. and Her phone was off. That was Saturday morning. I kept calling. I kept calling the phone. So I gave her a day. And when I walked up that Sunday morning, that's when I was, I, I got, I was like, all right, the phone is still off. I'm like, okay. Then that's when I, that's when I started panicking.
3: Diaz apparently got worried right away. She didn't come home. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, he had experience with sex workers uh, because he, you know, escorted them. So he had a good reason to worry right away because it's a pretty dangerous business.
0: Did he call PAC?
3: Did he, he did. not know PAC? He didn't, he claims he didn't know PAC, Mm-hmm. But he found Pack's number. He claimed by a, f- a phone stand by her bed, and he called Pack's number and wanted to know where she was. Mm-hmm. So then he and Pack managed to call Joe Brewer uh, and questioned Brewer about where she was. I
5: got to talk to Brewer. Brewer's like, oh, I don't know, man. She, she left there. She stormed out of here. Stormed out of here. You know, uh, thinking that he was going to kill her. I mean, she she was she started acting crazy. Look, man. So whatever you guys did to her, man, yeah, I'm gonna find out. So I, had, I left like a Sunday at 10 o'clock and I drove to Old Beach. And, um, yeah, it took me like about an hour and 45 minutes to get there. And pitch black, I saw it was a little gated community. So I, I uh, parked the car outside the, the gate and I went inside. When I went inside, I, saw I met Brewer.
0: After a heated back and forth, Alex and Brewer went to the police station together.
5: I met the police and I actually told them the truth. I said, Yeah, you know, she went to see him um as a companionship then whatever you know they he spent a few hours she was a few hours she spent a few hours there they, they were like oh well maybe she's around somewhere you know uh it's not blah you know she'll come back ah and they saw they, everybody was laughing like it was like it was like it wasn't serious then they told me you go to if anything go to uh, Jersey city and file a claim over here over there that's where she's from i'm like but she went missing here though why would Jersey City have to be involved with it? it? was so strange. That
1: was a delay. I'll give you an example. New York City generally doesn't take missing person reports for people that go in the city that don't live there. And otherwise they'd be doing tons of them on top of the tons they already do.
5: So I went home, got some sleep, got back up, got up in the morning, got ready, and went back to Old Beach. I started walking around with a picture. I saw this guy named Tom and a lady. Walk, they were walking, they, they approached me, they were like, Oh, is there, was there anything I, anything I could help you with? Once I said, yeah, yeah, I'm looking for this girl. And um, so they told me, you know what? Stay or stick around here. We're going to call somebody that could help you out. They'll help you really good with this. Uh, can, he's the president, board member of this area or something. So I like, all right. And what's his name? And he said, his name is uh, uh, Dr. something Hackett.
2: Dr. Hackett was sort of the unofficial mayor of Oak Beach. And he um, was known by many people in the community to be a teller of tall tales.
5: He came out with a notebook. I told him, yeah, um, I tell my girlfriend is. your name is Shannon Gilbert. I show him the picture. He goes, oh, okay, okay. Well, I, I, I could get information here. I, I'm, I'm well connected to the police.
0: How many times have you encountered Peter Hackett?
3: Uh, I've taken Peter Hackett's deposition three times for over 22 hours. Uh, I videotaped the depositions as well as having a transcriber. Mm-hmm. I've knocked on his door. Mm-hmm. Um, I met his wife. What do you make of him? Peter Hackett is not the man that he tries to portray himself as. He
5: said, just go home. Everything's going to be all right. I'm going to call the cops. And I'm going to have this whole place checked out, this whole area. So I left.
0: Do you believe that Shannon and Hackett knew each other before that night?
3: It's possible that Shannon and Hackett knew each other before that night.
0: Alex Diaz returned to Oak Beach a third time in that first week Shannon was missing. This time, it was with Michael Pack, and once again, Doctor Peter Hackett met him.
5: He's supposedly he, he knows he could find information, and he, he's you know he's he's a very connected with the police.
0: So Peter Hackett takes them around the Oak Beach community.
3: Yeah, Peter Hackett takes Diaz and Pack around the community, searching for Shannon, and he takes them to the waterfront. He was like, well, he kept saying maybe if she's in the water, and he says she's going to float up there. That's where she's going to turn up. Tells this to the boyfriend, which is shocking in its own way. It's almost as if he was playing them and torturing them with that kind of a statement. He said, I'll
5: go on the boat. He so said, I got a boat. I could go and check later. I could drive around on my boat and see if I could find anything strange in the water. So I said, go then, yeah. That'll be I said that will be that'll be very helpful.
1: At the time I was a deputy inspector, assigned to the detective division overseeing several sections, one of them which was Missing Persons Bureau in 2010. When I get involved with the case and I hear a little bit of it, I I know uh, we go back to the scene and we start doing as best we can, doing a search. We're looking with a helicopter and we're doing a canine search. It's a Jersey City case technically, but we do start interviewing people in conjunction and coordination with Jersey City PD that we speak with pack we speak with brewer we, we do those sorts of things
0: neither pack brewer nor hackett have been implicated in shannon's disappearance or death
1: as we move forward it's clear that we still have to look for shannon right because nobody's heard from her obviously she has a very active family that's concerned about her they have put flyers up that sort of thing but it's quite difficult because the terrain there, you, you just can't see through it. Uh, you'd have to be there physically in the timeframe of this time of the year to see the overgrowth of actually what's going on along the beach. So again, we don't hear anything. Uh, we can't find anything. So we're waiting for the foliage to drop. And that's basically what we're doing. But it, you have to wait till this foliage is completely down. And uh, I speak with the supervisor and the detectives to set the search up with the canine uh, for after the Thanksgiving period. And they coordinate their schedules, and they do that on December 11th. This officer, John Melia, I mean, he went beyond the uh, thing, his, his search, what he was looking for. I mean, he really traversed the whole Suffolk County part of, uh, of the Ocean Parkway, searching through those things, going, you know, he's miles away from this, and he kept it up all day. So, I happened to be at a wedding that day. And later on in the afternoon, I get a phone call from one of the detectives. And he says, you're not going to believe this. I said, what? He said, we found Shannon Gilbert. I go, you are kidding? And I said, no. And she looks like she could possibly be a homicide victim. The search began as a result of a missing persons report. 24-year-old Shannon Gilbert disappeared after calling 911 for help. K-9 unit searching the dunes in this area ...made the gruesome discovery. And if it wasn't for John, we wouldn't even be where we were. He's finding the victim who we think is Shannon. Of course, Shannon has a, um, a metal plate in her jaw from her prior injury. And that's clear that this isn't Shannon.
0: Six months of searching brought no leads on Shannon Gilbert. It only uncovered a bigger mystery. Who did police find that December day? How did she die? And how did her body wind up in that remote patch of Long Island Marsh? Finally, how did this grim discovery tie in with the original and still unanswered question? Where was Shannon?